Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Marco Dondi will join us to discuss outgrowing capitalism. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, although capitalism has been a boon to industries and societies, it has caused some problems. Is there a way to outgrow capitalism? Joining us today to discuss this issue is Mr. Marco Dondi. Mr. Dondi has established his career and expertise as a strategy consultant with over a decade of experience in advertising, CEOs, and government officials on economics, economic development, banking, and other sources. He has penned the new book entitled Outgrowing Capitalism, Rethinking Money to Reshape Society, and pursue purpose. Mr. Dondi, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to, happy to be here and talk about my book. We have a fascinating book you've written here, Outgrowing Capitalism. I'm curious why you decided to put the book together. Uh, I, I spent about a year not working, and, and what I realized is uh, taking time off, it, uh, it helps a lot uh, refocus and, and find purpose and understand what's important and what's not important. And one of the things that uh, in going through that process I thought of is I can do that because I have the luxury of not working for one year. And, but, but how many people have this luxury uh, these days? And I thought that given all the wealth that we have, and especially in developed countries, uh, the, the luxuries that we have, it's a problem that only few people have the luxury to actually take time to think of how to live lives, right? And when I dig deeper, I saw that a lot of the issues were intrinsic of capitalism. Uh, it was the time that uh, Piketty launched this book on capital in the 21st century, which spoke about how capitalism leads to intrinsically growing inequality, and it's just going to keep growing and growing until there's some shock uh, that redistributes everything. And, and I thought this, this can't be the way. And given I, I, I always had some ideas, I've worked in economic development, uh, I, I started to research and think of, you know, can there be an alternative or something beyond capitalism? And, and that's where I started. And this is something that's intrinsic to capitalism because of its nature really can't be fixed. There's always going to be this inequality built into the system that will just trend in this direction. Yeah. And as much as people dislike governments and governments intervention, the, the idea is that through governments taxations, that's the only tool the government has to say, uh, you know, if, if things get too unequal, too, too many people are not happy with this, people will vote someone that will tax things away from one place and fix issues in the other place, right? So, so the, the mechanism to, to fix capitalism was the democratic process and, and taxation to not necessarily redistribute, but, but to invest into uh, things that would fix the system, whether it's education, whether it's more better social safety nets and so on. The challenge that we have seen in the last few decades is that the lever, the lever of taxation is, is not as effective because there are tax havens and therefore, you know, corporate are difficult to tax. Individuals are able to shift their profits and their wealth. And so it's, it's getting increasingly difficult to first get the taxes. But given everyone knows that taxes, no one likes taxes. So, so like all the countries that are trying to reduce them, this lever is no, long, no longer 
able to function properly. And so that's why also we have seen government deficit and that accumulating and increasing and increasing. That's the only way to, to keep some sort of society together. But again, this is not sustainable, right? At some point, uh, a castle of that is likely going to fall down. And this is what typically happens in, in recessions and in debt crisis. Is there a way for reworking the use of money then in, in a way that's a little bit more fair? Um, uh, it's, uh, this is uh, at the crux of my book, right? Uh, most of people actually don't know that uh, money doesn't grow from the ground, like it's no, long, it's no longer gold that we just dig it out. Money is also not uh, the fact that the central banks print money. I mean, yes, the central bank can print money, but the reality is that the, the majority of money is created through the private process, actually, the private uh, banks that provide private loans to individuals and companies. And so that's actually how the money supply grows in our system. And it was designed that way for a different reason, right? And the idea is that if a bank and an individual or a company agree to create a loan, it means that someone has an idea that will be able to repay that loan. And, and the bank checks that that idea is good or, or you know, the, the, the business plan is solid. Uh, so in theory, that should work for making sure that as money grows, this leads to value-adding activity. What happens, though, in reality is that uh, most of money that is created this way goes to inflate existing assets, whether it's houses, whether it's financial stock uh, or, or bonds. Uh, and therefore, you no longer have this mechanism that money created in the private sector leads to value-adding activities that are making everyone better off. All of this new money that is created generates inflation and generates in the prices of goods, but especially in the prices of assets, which ultimately, you know, assets mean, for example, your house, your rent, and therefore, which also leads to companies paying more for their rent and then having to charge it on higher prices. So all of this money creation mechanism that is supposed to create value actually creates inflation. And so the proposal of my book is given this doesn't work at least all the new money that we need to create every year because you know the economy grows we produce more things we need to exchange and pay more things that new money that is created can be purpose at least in the first instance on things that are socially value adding whether it's on education on fixing climate change you know that that's part of you know the democratic process to decide but there's a lot of money created every year that is not going to anything useful it's going to inflation so then how do then we switch to that source? I mean, there has to be some pressure to the money that is being generated actually goes to value-added type production. Uh, yes, and some, some mechanisms are part of the rules that uh, mostly central banks set on, on how to manage the financial system, right? So today, banks virtually can create uh, as much loans and therefore deposits and therefore money as, as really they want. Uh, you know, any any if you consider the, the requirements that they need to have, you know, the, the kind of resource they need to put aside, they can also create those resources, right? So it, there's really no limit to how much and on what banks can create money for. And, and then in this current environment where interest rates, are, you know, now they're increasing, right? But they have been really low. That even give more incentive to, to this side of the type of money creation to grow, right? There are, of course, alternatives, right? You can, you can shrink this channel uh, the more you increase interest rates, actually, the more you, you shrink the channel of banks creating loans this way. The more uh, you work on the type of reserve requirements you set, the more you can limit how much private banks can create money. And on the other hand, the more you limit this channel and therefore you have less money created this way, then you, can, you have space to create money in different ways, whether it is uh, 
directly giving it to people for those that believe that universal basic income is the best way or uh, putting them in green coins uh, for whoever uh, works on, on, on carbon uh, reduction for those that think that climate change is the priority. But basically, the, the, the combination of the central bank and the government can create alternative ways to create money for specific purposes instead of letting all the money be most of the money. It's not all the money, but like 90% of the money in, in every given year is generated in this way through the private banking system, and most of it goes inflate the prices of, of houses and of stocks. So your book describes this idea of monetism then, this pillar for that idea. Uh, yeah, this is basically the first pillar is indeed repurposing this, this money creation machine that we have, uh, that, 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 it's, uh, that it's pointing in, in, in the right use of money and therefore the, li- the right activities that actually make life better for everyone. There is a second pillar, which is, uh, you know, as soon as you play with money, you need to play on how you manage inflation, right? And so the second pillar is, is thinking through what are the different sources of inflation today, some we mentioned, but how, how can you set up a system that uh, is better at also managing inflation? Um, you know, imagine you create too much money. It happens already this year, right? Like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm claiming that the interest rate mechanism, uh, and it's not I claim, like I, I cite all the, all the economists and, and researchers that have shown that interest rate is not the most effective use effective tool to reduce interest uh, to reduce prices it takes really a long time for banks to change their lending policies and by the time that that all happens like uh, the, the prices may have already increased too much or gone down too much so so there are like the second pillar is a bit more technical but uh, there are different ways in which we can manage inflation we have chosen to mostly use interest rate for the reason that most of the bank, the money these days are created through banking system and therefore interest rate is what they react to but the idea is that as soon as you shift the money creation engine not completely but partly away from the banking system then you also need to tweak how you manage inflation accordingly this might seem one of degrees in terms of comparing monetism versus capitalism Um, yeah and uh, look I, i think ultimately monetism i decided to give it a different name simply to to sign separation right like to think there is something new and different and significantly different there's a lot of i think there's a lot of the way we think about the market being perfect in capitalism that is it would be different in monetism right like uh, the market mechanism is an important one but is intrinsically imperfect and therefore and different markets you know there's a market for education a market for money a market for healthcare a market for cars different markets need different type of regulation nudges for the market to work well, right? So it's kind of like moving away, at least from a philosophical perspective, that, oh, the markets are perfect, everyone is perfectly rational, you know, all of these things that have been proven actually not, not true, is, is recognizing in practice, okay, if these are not true, that means that uh, each market needs to have a serious thinking on how that market functions well for society and not for, uh, for the few or for the few companies in that market. So I think that that's one thing. But the market mechanism is still there, right? So, so in, in that sense, uh, many, many have argued that, look, you're not proposing really to change and to go beyond capitalism, right? You're proposing to fix it. And look, I, I think it's semantic here, right? I, I think there is a significant difference because the link between money and capitalism, money clearly has a huge role in our society, right? Like everyone uses money every day and, and it's just like a, at the base of most of the transactions we have. And so something that changes the nature of uh, how money is created, uh, to some extent away from the pure or mostly pure 
market mechanism of creating money. I think is such a change in the core that is, it warrants a different name. But, but how to shift that is really a me- the mechanic of how money is created, right? And fixing that first market, which is the market for money, which is clearly not working for society, for the people, it's, it's working for the few. Trying to make money so that society as a whole then winds up being in overall better position. What changes do you envision then occurring embracing a monetism approach? Yeah, so I think that the, the first thing is money creation mechanism in general creates more discretion, right? So in general, it just gives more opportunity to say, if I need to fix climate change or if I need to fix education or if I need to fix whatever problem, have another lever to prioritize it, which doesn't require government to necessarily go into debt. We can repurpose the money creation from the private banking system. So, so that in general is it's more of an open-ended, uh, like uh, we have much more levers than we think we have if we don't think the money only needs to be created by banks. Now, my personal view, which I think stands for most developed countries, probably it would be different for the ones that are still developing, is that today the two areas of investment that I would prioritize is something on the lines of a universal basic income. The reason for being, I think, philosophically in a society as rich as developed countries, it's not right that people don't have the right to survive and meet the basics. I think from a society, we should go beyond this. In order to survive, you need to find a job that gives you a salary above the basics. If the jobs, for example, will not be available in the same quality and number given adoption of artificial intelligence. So that's for me one. And I think there's a lot of positive outcomes for, for those that have studied the pilots of universal basic incomes that can come from 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 from, uh, from System. The second, it's really the climate emergency, right? We, we have no idea how, how dangerous and, and extreme things can turn in a few decades. And this is something that uh, it needs to be prioritized as, as a global society, not even as an individual country. And so those two are the personally what I would prioritize. But again, it's a democratic debate for, for the countries that are democracies and for uh, you know, the, the individual governments for the countries to, to choose where, where to invest the money. I'm curious maybe if you could sort of sum up some uh, final words regarding your book, Outgrowing Capitalism. Look, yes, I, I, I have tried to write it for uh, the layman. I, I hope, uh, like, uh, I, had a, I promised I had a ghostwriter that was very good at talking to, to people that are not deep in economics. So in that sense, if, if this was uh, somewhat technical, the book is much less so. Because I think the only the change of this magnitude only happens if there's a significant size of the population that knows that not possible. Uh, you, you know, in the, in the technical, like uh, in, in the Department of Economics, everyone knows that these alternatives are possible, right? They just, they just don't think uh, are warranted. new. You don't know what will happen doing those things. And some of these things are not new in, in the world of experts. But, but I think they are shockingly new to most of the rest of us, right? It was shocking for me when I learned how, how uh, really money worked. And so I hope that this, uh, this would inspire many that alternatives are possible. It's just about knowing them. Uh, and therefore, sometime being a bit more open and a bit uh, challenging what we are told as uh, it's either this way or that way. No, no, but sometimes there are other ways. We were just talking with Marco Dondi, his new book, Outgrowing Capitalism, Rethinking Money to Reshape Society and Pursue Purpose. Mr. Dondi, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. 
And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.